This is Lewis Riddick of ESPN. You are listening to the SteelerNation.com podcast. Hello, Steeler Nation, and welcome to your Steeler Nation podcast, sponsored by Total Sports Enterprises. I'm your host, G Striker, and how long will it take for Steeler fans to catch up to the name change? I'm saying one season. Why? I mean, I've, I've seen Pittsburgh Dad's rants on the name change. Loved it. It's freaking hilarious. I mean, the guy's a treasure for all things Pittsburgh. But in all honesty, I just don't understand the misplaced angst of Steeler fans being upset of a corporate name change or losing their minds when they see the, the giant ketchup bottles laying on the ground. I mean... Honestly, the Heinz red zone was kitschy at best. It defied belief to me. And I was a season ticket holder. I've been a season ticket holder since 2007. Sure, it's kind of cool when they go down, but I've never, ever seen ketchup move that fast ever to fill up that billboard. It would be like, and like the, the whole play, like the whole drive would be over before it would get all the way to the top. Unless you have like steel hammers hitting the bottom of the ketchup bottles to get that thing out. Like, to me, it was just, like, a kitschy thing. It's like, oh, no, here comes the uh, the ketchup bottles. I mean, I'd be more upset if they replaced Renegade with, like, Sweet Carolina or something dumb like that. Like, they do in Ohio. It's not even Carolina, you dumb, dummies. But, uh, but honestly, like, for me, it's iconic stadiums, you know, are named after places. They're named after people. I mean, you want to go back with iconic names in Pittsburgh in general for their pro football teams? Forbes Field. Pitt Stadium, Three Rivers Stadium, named after people, named after places, iconic. No corporate entities attached to these things. And uh, especially not one named after a company that sells condiments, for gosh sake. Sure, they're a Pittsburgh company. I understand that. And there is a little bit of love for Pittsburgh corporations. I do understand that. but. Akrasher is paying four times the amount as Heinz ever did. And this year's offer, Heinz, I'm sorry, but it obviously didn't cut the mustard. That alone, that four times the value going to 10 million a season from two and a quarter million a season should improve the fan experience significantly on game days. And that's why I say it'll only take one season before we start calling it Akershire Stadium. I'm already calling it Akershire Stadium. Hines, you were great. Obviously, you didn't have enough um, money in the coffer to be able to pay as much as Akershire. And I understand that. Go on your good way, but you're still going to be part of the Steeler experience, guys. Don't be too upset. They just signed the deal to still be the condiment provider for the Pittsburgh Steelers are they still going to work in some kind of like Heinz red zone thing I'd have to assume that that would still be on the table in some way shape or form and even if the Steelers are getting half of that money like it's a one million dollar per season thing for Heinz to be the naming right maybe do a Heinz red zone that is a win that is extra money in the pockets of the Rooney's to hopefully be able to pass on for a better fan experience, which fortunately teams that are owned by family organizations have a better chance of making a better family, a better 
stadium experience than corporate owned teams or teams owned by, you know, billionaires, hedge fund guys. They don't care. They're not family owned. They're not the Maras over in Jet and Giants. They're not the Roonies here in Pittsburgh. The fly by night ones, the big rich billionaires that come in and buy up teams. They don't care about the fan experience. They care about making money. Look at Snyder over there in Washington. He doesn't even know what to call his team. I, I don't even know he's going to be the, the owner over there anymore. He shouldn't be. But Hines did it right. He, they played it out. It's too much for them, but it can still stay in in some way, shape, or form in a smaller amount for them to pay per season, but still have a presence. Steeler fans, we should all be happy about that. Moving on. Ryan Switzer just announced his retirement this week. Congratulations on getting along with your life's work now, Ryan, as Emperor Chaz would always say. Um, enjoy your retirement with your beautiful wife, my friend. You are always a great friend of the show, great friend of Steeler Nation. Uh, please enjoy your retirement. We hope to hear from you again soon in some way, shape, or form. Uh, Josh Rosen is a new quarterback to add to the list on the back of Brownie jerseys possibly coming up. Now, this is a guy who just joined the Browns. He's on his fifth team in as many seasons. The guy was the 10th round or the 10th pick overall in the 2018 draft, drafted by the Arizona Cardinals. He stunk up the joint and they smartly drafted Kyler Murray, who is an excellent quarterback in the next year. But after that, they Bumped him off to Miami. Miami's like, we got to draft Tua. <laughs> they bumped him off to San Francisco. Didn't play a single game in San Francisco. It was 2020 season. No stats. Rode the pine. Cut. Atlanta picks him up for a season. Plays a little bit in Atlanta. Obviously, you know, Matty Ice is the starter there. And now finds himself in Cleveland, where he's got to play Got to outduel a brisket and a rocket scientist. Dobbs and Brissett, can he beat those guys out? I'm saying no. And you want to see see why I say no? Because in in four complete seasons for a guy drafted tenth overall in a draft as a quarterback, he has compiled in 16 games as a starter a three and thirteen record. He has never had a season where he's had more touchdowns than interceptions. And his total numbers are paltry, even just for one season as a quarterback. This is his total numbers. In 513 attempts, he has 277 completions. That's 54%. That is horrid in the NFL. 2,864 total yards, 12 touchdowns, to 21 interceptions. Guy just cannot play. Overall quarterback rating of a 61.1. <laughs> to me, it's like, I don't even know why they pick up the guy. Spending a little bit more money on a quarterback that might compete a little bit since they don't know that if their star quarterback will even be able to play this season. Another one there, Brownies. Congratulations. You stink up the joint. Continue to stink up the joint. Josh Rosen will be the next failed quarterback in Brown Town. And sadly, we say goodbye to former Pittsburgh Steeler wide receiver Charles Johnson. Uh, personally, like I love the guy as a receiver on the team. 
Uh, unfortunately, he passed away at the age, young age of 50, I will say. Um, interesting thing was he went to Colorado. He played three years in Colorado with Cordell. Uh, came over to Pittsburgh the year before Pittsburgh drafted Cordell Stewart. Played another four years with Cordell, five total years in Pittsburgh uh, for Charles Johnson. His numbers were very respectable for a a player that spent five years with the team. Total of 247 receptions are in pit for 3,400 yards, 15 touchdowns. Had a couple good seasons there in um, Philadelphia before finishing off with a year in Buffalo and a year in New England where he didn't do too much after that. But the guy was a competitor, made some big plays for us, had 1,000-yard season in 1996, started on the uh, Super Bowl team uh, in 95. So cannot fault the guy at all, but it's really sad to hear that he's passed. My heart goes out to his family, um, and we remember you fondly. Steeler Nation, I hope you guys remember him fondly as well. But now it is time to take questions from Steeler Nation, one of my favorite parts of the show. How do you get your questions here on the podcast, guys? Go to SteelerNation.com, football forum, sign up. It's free to join. Every Tuesday, I ask for questions for the cast. You can be one of the next ones to get your questions read right here for the Friday podcast. First question's coming from Slash Steel. Do you see Doug Costin as a nose tackle? Well, welcome to the team, Doug Costin. I know I didn't talk to him in the top of the show, but I knew you were asking the question, so I waited for it here. Um, in Jacksonville, with his two years playing there, uh, he ran as a 4-3 right defensive tackle. So he played in the interior. Anywhere from like a zero to two to three tech, possibly. Uh, so to me in our system, I think he'd be comfortable running zero to th zero to three, where we usually have our ends, you know, um, to it. And Hayward, we're running like a three to five. Our nose tackle usually took the zero to one and the two. The zero is lined up straight on the center. Ones are the two gaps on either side of the center between the guards. Two is lined up straight up on either guard, whichever one you line up on. So that's usually where the nose tackle eats up space. That falls directly in line with where he played as a right defensive interior tackle in a 4-3 system, converting to a 3-4. I say he's a nose tackle. Um, next question, how do you like his odds of making the final 53? Um, I'd say they're decent. He's not going to be the starter. I don't think he's going to beat out Tyson Alu-Alu as long as Alu-Alu is completely healthy from his injury last season. I think his best chance of making this team is beating out Adams. And that should make for interesting competition in training camp. Honestly, if he shows he can play, may the best player win, in my opinion. I'm always fine with new youth, new players coming in and making a mark in, in training camp. But this is a camp battle to look for. Who's going to be, because Steelers only keep two new nose tackles. They're not going to keep three on this team. It's going to be Alu-Alu. The second one's going to be either Costin or Adams, or it might be a surprise off the roster. I know we have a really big nose tackle that we got as an undrafted rookie free agent. We'll see if he even handles in this mix as well. But training camp, will iron will forge iron into steel, and two nose tackles will win. We'll just have to see if Costin is one of them. Next questions from Matt Insomniac. I've got a question. Why is Miles Garrett so overhyped? I see media coverage on him every year, hyping him up for defensive player of the year and rating him as a better defender than Watt. Yet he has far fewer stats than Watt 
and far smaller impact ratings. Garrett is a good but immature defensive end that somehow gets placed in the upper echelons of defensive players. He is a star player, but he isn't nearly as good as he gets hyped. And much of the media goes out of its way to absolve him from his stupid actions and penalties. Why? Honestly, I don't know. Other than I think the Browns need a win on defense. And he is a playmaker on defense. He's a great player. He was the, he was the reason why the Steelers tied the Browns uh, early in that one season uh, where the Browns, of course, couldn't win, but they tied us in a game because he came off of that end and he hit uh, the ball out from Ben from behind and we had to stave off that drive, couldn't get down to score again, and it was a tie. Guy's a playmaker. No doubt about it. But Madden rating him as a 99 above a player that just set the record, tied the record for most sacks in a season, rated Watt as a 96. Hell, even even in a virtual world like Madden, they think Garrett is a better player than Watt. On the field, no chance. I mean, this is the way I've been on Brown's podcast before, and they asked me this question mid-season last year. Who's a better defensive player, Miles Garrett or TJ Watt? And I laughed. Like, I chuckled. I was like, Guys, I don't know if you've seen film, but this isn't even close. I, I think Garrett is an excellent player, but I think TJ Watt is out of this world. And if you watch the film, there is no defense for it. That's why TJ Watt is in the top three for defensive player of the year past three seasons. Won it last year going away. I don't think Miles Garrett's been in those conversations yet. Mid-season, early season, he's in those conversations. This guy can't even beat a fourth-round rookie left tackle twice in a season. Last year, Dan Moore held his own against Miles Garrett. That's all you have to say to me about who is a better player, Miles Garrett or Watt. I don't think I don't think that that Moore would be able to hold up Watt for a second if Watt was coming off the right side, but he did for Garrett. Some reason he got played out of his mind on Miles Garrett. And I loved watching those games as well. But he's got all the skill in the world, but he just doesn't have it in between the ears for me. That's the only thing separating for him. I don't know why the media hypes him up. The only thing that matters is the hardware at the end of the season. Steelers make the playoffs. TJ Watt gets defensive player of the year. Miles Garrett keeps crying and keeps saying that the guy that he hit in the head with his own helmet, said racist things on the field that he never said. And that, to me, tells me the character of that guy that I'll never root for. Next question, final questions from Cooley Man. Awesome, a Cooley Man's birthday edition of the podcast. Happy 80th birthday, Cooley. <laughs> you know I don't know your age, but I know you're older than me, so I'm assuming it's around 80. Um, you know, here's a, here's a joke for you. How do you know when you're old, Cooley? When you go to blow out the candles on your cake and it sets off the smoke alarm. <laughs> That's how you know you're old. Uh, don't think you're up there yet, but here's my favorite question of the night from you. Who are your top five Steelers safeties not named Paul Amalu? And initially going into this, I was like, I'm going to have a tough time finding safeties for this. 
But then when I started like going into the thought process before even looking up names, I rattled off a bunch. Number one behind Pulamalu is a guy you can even have at Pulamalu level. Jumped in the Hall of Fame the same year he did. Two more Super Bowl championships, one more Super Bowl uh, appearance, and that's Shell. Donnie Shell, number one on my list of not being Polamalu. Number two on my list of not being Polamalu, the guy we just signed to a contract extension. I love Minka Fitzpatrick. Guy is going to be a perennial pro bowler if he stays healthy. I expect him to be making more plays this year with Austin calling, also having um Flores helping out there as well this is going to be a really fun defense to watch this year and I think Mink is going to be a big reason why it's going to be so fun my number three is a safety that was so good in the defensive backfield when we lost the best cornerback that we ever had we couldn't win a game until he moved to corner then we won one like 10 straight and I'm talking about Carnell Lake, a guy that does not get the respect that he deserves on how versatile he was as a defender, how hard he hit, and how good he was at playing the ball in the air. Carnell Lake is my number three by a mile. My number four is a guy that played along, Shell, won himself a bunch of Super Bowls, made two Pro Bowls, and that's Mike Wagner. You cannot diminish the effect that he had on those 70s teams as well. There was no chink in those armors on defense, and it's because they had all-world players at every position. Household names. Mike Wagner, you are up there as well. And my number five, I actually have a number five and a number six. Both of them got Pro Bowls, earned a Pro Bowl, but one of them earned a Pro Bowl as a Steeler. The other one earned a Pro Bowl when he left the Steelers. So I'll put five to Ryan Clark. The guy could knock you out. The guy could dislodge the football from you because he'd time you getting the ball and hit you as hard as he could. Perfect Robin compliment to Troy Polamalu's Batman. Ryan Clark deserves to be in the top five on this list. Number six, I'm adding this number six because he is just barely below Ryan Clark, and that's Chris Hope. That guy was a playmaker. That guy played the ball in the air as good as any safety we ever had. Cannot diminish what he did as a Steeler, of course, leaving Pittsburgh, going to Tennessee, winning a Pro Bowl a couple seasons after. Deserves all the accolades. He was an excellent, excellent job at playing the ball in the air. Great free safety. Great free safety. And I want to give a couple honorable mentions here before I get off the topic to Flowers, Lethon Flowers, and Myron Bell. Because those guys laid the wood. They did the dirty work. They came up and they hit the running balls, running backs in the hole. They came up and dislodged footballs from receivers before they were catches. And they came up and dislodged footballs to ball carriers and turned them into fumbles. Those guys made plays in the short amount of times, then they weren't necessarily known as the playmakers on those teams, but they made enough plays to be impacts in my mind for remembering Lethon Flowers and Myron Bell as being really, really good safeties for the Steelers teams as well. Um, last question from Cooley Man. Will the defense be good enough to drag the Steelers into the playoffs? 
honestly, if they stay healthy again, especially up the middle, if this Miles Jack experiment is way better than the Schobert experiment, this is going to be a fun defense to watch. It's going to be a team that is going to be putting the pressure on these great offenses that we're going to be seeing all season long. And as long as the offense does not turn the ball over more than the other team, we're going to win more games than we lose. And that translates to a playoff experience for the Steelers this season. You've heard it from me first. But we're also going to need good special teams play as well. Boz is going to have to be Boz playing like the best cornerback or the best kicker in the league, not named Justin Tucker. Presley Harvin the third has got to be a great punter this season for us. We got to get great coverage as well. I think we got some good young players here. Wide receiver, defense, a couple guys that we drafted this season. We got Robinson. We got Buddy uh, from last year as well. Some players that can really look like can contribute on special teams as well. Oh, Connor as well. Uh, Connor Hayward. Uh, and of course, Derek Watt, DJ. Get him out there making plays on special teams. That is where we're going to win games, guys. Special teams is big. That's how the 2000 Ravens won. They had Awesome special teams with a return team that could flip the field, a kicking team that made all their field goals with Stover, with a punting team that could flip the field, and their coverage teams knocked the crap out of the other teams. Plus, their defense was one of the best ever. Their offense was average, average at best. They won a Super Bowl. This could happen again this year, guys. If we got a quarterback that makes all the right plays, the right reads, does not turn the ball over, manages the game, our defense and special teams can win us games. So yes, Cooley, happy birthday to you. Your birthday present. Steelers are making the playoffs this year. I've said it. Mark it down. Guys, make sure you visit tseshop.com. Go on over there and uh, check them out. I know they're giving away a Minka Fitzpatrick jersey. We are also promoting the tail terrible tailgate at Total Sports ENT on Twitter. Vidcasts are usually live on, on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern time. We ask our questions live. You can answer live on YouTube. You can answer live on Facebook, Twitter. You can see it, but you can't answer live, but have fun with it. Guys, read our great Pittsburgh Steeler-focused articles at SteelerNation.com, and you guys are doing it because on Wednesday, we hit a million views, million clicks for the day. We had a million click day on Wednesday. All because of you, Steeler Nation. You make us what we are. Go to SteelerNation.com for that. Tweet us at Steeler Nation. Instagram us at SteelerNation.com. It's sorry, Instagram us SteelerNation.com. Follow Steeler Nation Podcast on Twitter at underscore SN Podcast. And follow me, your humble host, Steeler Nation Striker at SN Striker on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok. I'm easy to find, guys. Thanks for joining us for the Steeler Nation podcast, sponsored by Total Sports Enterprises. I am G Striker, rooting along with you as always. Go Steelers!